Welcome to the Weekly Rebound Podcast, back again to break down another week of Legacy League's action. I'm your host, Connor Sauer, joined as always by my great co-host over here, Greg Horn. Greg, we had an extended week of action featuring some of the best teams in the league playing some doubleheaders, giving us a nice little double dose of that typical Legacy League's top dog action that we like seeing on a weekly basis. One of those teams being your very own Flint Tropics, who came out with a very nice two-win day. How you feeling heading into this podcast, Greg? Hey, I'm feeling good, baby. Uh, you know what Flint does. You know, in the words <laughs> of uh, one of my favorite rappers ever, Gangstar, you know, I've been laying and waiting for your next mistake, and uh, that's what Flint does. We wait for the next mistake. We wait for Run TMC to do what they do, lose, and um, <laughs> that's what we do in Flint Nation, baby. Eating some dubs at the restaurant. I don't mm. think I had an invite no, this week. No. Pierre knew. Pierre knew. Pretty, pretty pissed. Pierre kicked me out, but yeah. – uh, we had a great episode in store for you guys today, like we always do. We're going to be starting off with our surprise on the rise. We got some good surprise on the rises for this week. We're getting into all the recap action from, of course, this past week, all the preview action for next week, all the player props and all that good stuff, um, and, of course, the power rankings as well. So just be stay tuned, in, stay tuned in for all that because we have a lot of good stuff that we're bringing your way for this pod, Greg. Let's start it out like we always do with our surprise on the rise. I'll let you lead it off this week. You got the jersey on. Uh, this one's close to home for you. Uh, I know that uh, this kid's been balling out in recent weeks. Um, I'm going to let you take it away on uh, on our surprise on the rise for the for the leadoff here for Greg. Now, in order not to spoil anything, I thought you were doing him, and I'm doing the... I know, I know. I'm, I'm switching it up on okay, you. It, okay, it's only, it's only okay. right you no, do it's fair enough. Guy. All right, so I got my guy Tyler Japs, a.k.a. Jake Gyllenhaal in the 80s, a.k.a. my guy. <laughs> you know, he's got the little porn stash going. He lost a bet. But, you know, that's why Flint wins games, because they're men. They keep their word. Like yep. I said since day one, this see, it's the little things. You know, every other team will talk to you about assist, rebounding, all these analytics. You know what I like? Manalytics. And Flint are all men. We stick by our word. It's the little things, like I said. Little things like this. He has a bet. He sticks by his bet. He could easily not put his word behind it, yep. but that's not what Flint does. And, it show, again, it shows on the court. It's because these guys are just such a tight-knit group. That's Tyler Japs. And Tyler Japs is such a, a integral part to this team because he's not their best player, but what he brings them is a big body who can hit his shots, but he also gives them kind of a little edge and a little if factor. He has kind of an energy that kind of, kind of gets them going. They all kind of start laughing. They all start smiling when Tyler starts getting into it with one another. And so does his brother, Nick. And I think they kind of feed off of each other. And when Tyler gets going, Tyler's a very good player. He can hit a three. He can really get a shot down low. And he's one of the more underrated players on the Flint Tropics team. And, Again, it just shows this past week when he just absolutely went off and he's done it time and time again. And I mean, th there's, you know, what Flint can do from top to bottom is just so impressive because, I mean, it's, it's really just goes to show how one deep they are and two, how selfless each one of them are because they don't care every other week they could have a new top scorer. And it just so happened this week that it was Tyler, Nick, and Mike all tied with 21. But, I mean, look at it, 21, 21, 21, 19, 14, 9, 3. And the three, TJ Gianni, who's probably their second or third best player. Mm. So it just goes to show how great Flint is. That's what we do at Flint Nation. And uh, Tyler Japs, baby, he, surprise on the rise, and he has officially arrived. Yeah, no, he's, he's always been a player who can, like, break out for a sneaky good performance. Um, but just in the past recent weeks, you really actually see him playing with a level of confidence that it's not really like a joke when he's going out there putting up big numbers. Like he's actually being a physical man down low, dunking it on people's heads, stepping out behind the three point line and banging some threes. Like he's just doing a little bit of everything right now. And uh, just a complimentary piece on the Slint Tropics team that we already know is so deep and versatile to start with. So definitely shout out to Tyler Japs, who's putting up some good numbers uh, in these recent weeks. So, Greg, for me, I'm doing a whole team here. We've been doing individual players on this team all season long because they are a rookie team. It's easy to pick a surprise on the rise from a rookie team because everybody is uh, surprised by players who we haven't seen before, of course. But for me, it's the Scott's Tots team. If you told me earlier in the year that this team, Scott's Tots, after seeing them for the first couple of weeks, was going to go out there and beat the two-time defending champs outright, I would have laughed at your face. I would have said, you know nothing about basketball. You know nothing about legacy leagues. Uh, I can't even respect your opinion. But thankfully, Greg didn't say that, and I didn't have to take any of those extremes um, too seriously because this actually happened. Scott's Tots went out there and beat Shocker City outright. Uh, Greg has a little picture over here. Those uh, are the Scott's Tots. That's the, the, the OGs. That's those are the, the Scott's Tots. Yep. The OG Scott's Tots from the show The Office. Greg's a big fan of the show. So 
Uh, definitely uh, an an aficionado. I'm fighting a fly. Hold on, podcast. It's a fly I'm fighting. (laughs) Greg's going to work over there against the Insect Kingdom. But, uh, yeah, just an unbelievable performance from Scott's Tots going out there and just doing what they do. That stepped up and had a dominant performance. I mean, Colin Tracy suffered seven from the field, 14 points. It's a great game, nonetheless. But, you know, it's not like a 30 point game or a high 20 point game. Uh, you know, just a solid quality team effort where this whole team stepped up and contributed. And one of their best players, Jacob Rafona, we've seen go off in multiple weeks, was the team's lowest scorer with five points, a respectable outing with, some, with a couple of rebounds and an assist to his name. So, definitely not a bad game. It just goes to show from top to bottom, this team contributed. They found ways to get points in production out of guys like uh, Kevin Guillemetti, who he's been struggling to find his shot at times this year. He stepped up, hit a couple big threes, and just propelled this Scott Stotts team to a huge win over the two-time defending champs, who I think really didn't even expect this game to be even slightly competitive, end up walking out of there with an L. Yeah, no, shout out Scott Stotts, baby. That's what we do. They want those laptop chargers, and they're getting them. I mean, <laughs> look, all I got is Jacob Buffone, my guy. You're too good to be taking 26 threes a game. Stop shooting threes, drive to the hole, and you're an all-star. It's that simple. I don't wow. know why he's shooting threes. I, I don't get it. They're too good of a team. I'm rooting for Scott Stotts. Scott Stotts is getting the dub next week. But stop shooting threes. It's not efficient. It's not working for your team. You're a great passer, good at driving his hole, a great ball handler, and probably a, maybe a top five on-ball defender in this league. I mean, we saw him back-to-back weeks. Dom Lakeson and Carmine Santarelli. He's been locking. So, I mean, look, I just – I think this Scott's team has a chance to get an upset win in the playoffs. They just need to kind of keep putting it together, and they're trending in the right direction. Yeah, definitely trending in a positive direction. They have some serious momentum going in their favor heading into the playoffs, which is the most important time of the year to have that momentum uh, rolling behind you. So, uh, we're going to make these first two games in the recap quick, Greg, as we just strongly alluded to them in the uh, surprise on the rise section here. So, yeah, Shocker City falls 59-58 to 58 to Scott's Tots. Um, Devon Pratt was the team's uh, highest score, was the game's highest score uh, with 25 to his credit, but just uh, efficient from the field, 8 for 18 from the field, but from three-point range to 5 for 14 numbers. Just uh, I know that 35% isn't terrible, especially you know in, in NBA standards, but for Pratt, man, I just, you know, seeing him hit the 40% mark just one or two times per year uh, is almost becoming like uh, a long shot. You know, he, he, it seems like every game, his three-point percentage is just not where it was a season ago when he was a top-two MVP candidate. Um, they're going to need more out of him uh, going forward because this team's just struggling to find that true alpha dog role that Mike Davis filled, who is no longer on the team right now, Greg. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm going to give Shocker City some bulletin board material. They, they're they're going to need it. So, uh, Connor, sing along with me. What are we doing? It is over. The Shocker City era has ended. Oh I'm declaring God. it. It is over. No more rigs in Legacy Leagues for Shocker City. Mm. Done. The bull takes by Greg Horn coming at people's throats. Board material they need. They want there the material, go. they got it. They got prove, it. Prove me wrong. I know how good they are. They all know how good I think they all are. It's definitely not a good look losing to Scott's Tots heading into the playoffs. I mean, we talked about how teams had double headers this week. Shocker City was one of those teams, so they don't play next week. This essentially was their last game heading into the playoffs, um, or their last two games. You know, the last week of games, you could say, and uh, not a strong start. We'll get into the game later on, the the Flint Tropics for Shocker City game, but you can already see where I'm heading with this. Uh, not a strong start for Shocker City heading into the next game. Greg, the Flint Tropics also had a double header. We talked about that game. First, the bricklayers, where the Japs brothers had almost identical stat lines. Well, they, we look, do. they look similar in real life. They produce similarly on the That's basketball crazy. court. Um, I'll show yeah, the people. It definitely, uh, you know, has a has an impact when you're when your brother with your brother on the court out there balling out. You know, um, definitely see some some similarities in their play style and, of course, their physical appearance. Tyler and Nick both with 21, leading the way, tied up with Mike Bizzuto, uh, who also had 21. Just efficient shooting all the way around. TJ Gianni was literally the only one who shot less than 50% um, in this game against the Bricklayers. So whenever you got your guys out there dominating like that, Greg, you know that you're in good hands, especially when you got them on the spread line. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, honestly, what else did I say, man? What else did I say? 
What else is there to say? <laughs> let's talk about these bets, Greg. Uh, yeah, let's talk about them. Um, I just forgot to mention Devon Pratt in the last game. He, oh, uh, yep. he set his uh, his player prop six yep. and a half three pointers attempted. He attempted fourteen, like we mentioned. Um, I went under there. I think Greg went over uh, and said Pratt would be pulling. So Greg hit on that prop. I missed out on that prop. Uh, not an efficient night for Pratt, but he was definitely out there trying his best to jack up those trees and, and get some points for his team. So you got to give him some credit for that um, on the 14 three-pointers attempted. And this one, Greg, um, we had, uh, we had first of all, Scott's Tots covered outright, obviously. And then in this game, we had Flint Tropics minus 40.5 point favorites. And they would also um, cover their spread against the Bricklayers, winning by um, over 50. We had a player prop in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm sorry, we had a game prop. We had the total points in this game set at 152 and a half total points scored between both teams. Um, I think we both went over there, and the prop yeah. hit at 166 points scored. So some thoughts on uh, the the bets so far throughout the pots. Um, you know, I'm doing pretty solid. Um, actually, <laughs> it's actually a, it's actually um, it's kind a, really of a reversal good. from last week when I struggled. I'm doing I'm having a rough year in prop bets, so it's good to hear. But uh, yeah, I knew Pratt would be pulling threes because Shocker City needs him in that role. And um, as far as Flint goes, this we do in Flint Nation. As a uh, you know, Flint Flint gets the job done. We need a cover. We need to win. We need to get accomplish any mission in life. We get it done. That's what we do. Greg, I want to talk real quick about the bricklayer. So we don't give a ton of time on the pod on a typical mm-hmm. basis. Um, Jason Bender and Mike Castro are absolutely balling out. I mean, these guys, 22 points for Castro, 28 for Bender. And you might sit there and think, yeah, it's because they're on a team that's not good. They get all the touches. They're shooting efficiently. Uh, Bender had his 28 points on mm-hmm. 54% shooting. And Castro had his 22 on 52% shooting. Next highest score on the team had four points. These guys are literally out there playing a 2v6, 7, 8, 9 when you're playing against a team like Flint who has bodies on top of bodies on top of bodies. Um, I just want to commend their performance, Greg, because it's tough going out there, you know, with not a lot of guys around you who are going to give you too much production and, and, and sticking your head down and just balling out the way that these guys have been all season. No, yeah, I mean, honestly, shout out to all of them. They keep fighting. They have fun. They get top plays. They even got a player of the week. And – you know, they're they're doing their best out there every week. You know, they don't get disgruntled. They fight, and that's honestly all that we can ask for them. Um, Bender and Mike are honestly two good players who hopefully we see them back in the league because they can just keep getting better and better. And, you know, I bet you one of them will make an all-star team just based on how well they're playing and how efficient they're shooting. I agree, Greg. And the next scene that we're going to get into now was Nick Strong versus the Silly Senders. And Nick Strong was minus 17 and a half point favorites coming into this game. And they would cover outright with a 50 plus point win, winning the game 112 to 58 over the Senders. And uh, Nick Strong, man, just a team that is you got to look out for right now. They're at the top of the radar in terms of what teams are going to be uh, fearing coming into the playoffs because. They just got everything going for them right now. They're just playing with a lot of energy. Everybody yeah. seems that to have this like really positive vibe going on. Like there's no negative vibes on this yeah. team. They're coming in every single week. They're dominating. In this game against the Silly Senders, not one player didn't have double digits. And we've always given these guys shit because they don't typically get a lot of guys to show up on a weekly basis. It seems like they're getting at least six guys every single week. So, um, and that was the case this week: six guys and double figures, um, led by Frank Morale. Greg, wow! I just looked at that Frank Morale. Is it Frank Morale or Frank Morale? Because I know we corrected you in the hallway. Morale. Morale. Frank Morale. 28 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists, two blocks, and a steal, Greg. Is that his greatest game in his career? You got to play of the week, none. Oh, man, dude. That's got to be a player of the week, none for sure. And he didn't knock the camera girl over. So he didn't knock the camera girl over, which I wasn't there for that week. And I saw footage of, and holy shit, I am so glad that she took it like a champ. She took it like a champ. Frank Morale is an absolute tank. He's a football player slash friggin' basketball player who carries a lot of weight and a big punch with him. Um, and I would not want to be tackled by Frank Morale uh, going for a loose ball. So especially when I'm holding a you know multi hundred dollar camera in my hand, I don't know how much those those uh, cannons are worth, but I know that they're yeah they're pretty penny. So mm-hmm. we're glad that she was okay, the camera was okay, and that uh, that mm-hmm. wasn't a serious situation because I wasn't there for that. That was the week I was on vacation. Um, but nonetheless, Greg, we're getting off track here. Nick Strong balling out. No, yeah, I mean, I, I don't take vacations because I'm such a hard worker, but that's what I do. I mean, that's what we do in Flint Nation, speaking of. But, uh, yeah, no, look, Nick Strong, 
they're <laughs> they could win it all. They are right here. They're hot, the hottest they've ever been. They're playing their best basketball. Chris League is coming fit seamlessly. The way they can run, they can run transition beautifully now because they have Chris League who can finish and they can pass to him. Or you have Mike and Ant who are extremely efficient finishing down low. Then you got Tavar Pierce finding his three point and mid range shot. Ryan Florentine is really coming into his own and he's one of the better players in this league offensively. He really is. He's a great defender and he always has been. But what he can do offensively consistently for this team is he gives them that third scoring option that they have where Chris League doesn't need to give them 25. Everyone else is going to give them at least 15. And then you look at last week, Frank Morale gives Morale, excuse me, Frank the GOAT, I'm just going to call him, <laughs> gives him 25. And I mean, that's just, that's what Nick Strong does. You can get it from everywhere. They're literally, they can beat anyone on any given wow. night. And they're proving it. Greg, their lowest shooting percentage on a night where everyone was in double figures was 63% on was Mike Vesicchio wow. with 17 points on 7 of 11 shooting was the least efficient performance. Ryan Florentine was the lowest scorer on 6 of 8 shooting with 12 wow. points. Um, it, this team was just so efficient. And on the other end, the uh -huh. Silly Senders, you know, this is kind of why I alluded to the guys, Mike Castro and, and Bender for – Brick layers, how you know they're putting up good points, not garbage time points, um, on efficient stat lines. It's silly senders, dude. They didn't have one player over thirty-two percent shooting. Shout out our guy Brendan, former intern, twenty-two points. He had a good game, but um, just not an efficient night from these guys. And even if you're not going to go out there and dominate in the scoring column, you just want to be efficient with the touches that you're getting. And you're not seeing a whole lot of that from the silly senders right now, Greg. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out Brendan. He's doing his thing. But yeah, they're just really not having. They're not really not finding much success. They only had four guys last week, I think, or five. Mm -hmm. And they're just they can't find it. I mean, I hope for the playoffs they can figure it out and maybe get an upset win. They're gonna have to fix that shooting percentage because you can't win this league shoot with a bad shooting percentage. It's just it it is just not possible. The top tier teams in this league shoot way too high of a percentage. They move the ball around. They have so many athletes. They can find the good shots. They have some of the best finishers in the rim that we've seen in this league playing right now. I mean, it's just, you gotta, you gotta shore up that shooting percentage and you, they have to be better offensively on the, at least the rebounding side. So they can maybe get some second chance opportunities outside of that silly centers. They got to prove me something. Yeah. Um, let's get into the prop bet in this game, Greg. We set it at uh, Nick Strong's total assist at a disrespectful eight and a half over under. And Mike Vesicchio was cracking up with us uh, between games, saying how he's completely convinced that his team isn't getting assists for when they get assists on the stats. So um, maybe us basing this number off the stats was not a good idea because they clearly got it right this week with 23 total team assists. Um, that over hit. I went on the under there just to think, just thinking like, okay, so there's something up if Nick Strong's getting these low assist numbers every week. So I just hit the under thinking that it was a trend. Sure enough, it just must have been uh, some some type of issue with the stats because it, um, you don't typically see a team just randomly double their assists in, in a given week. Like it's a quality team in the Silly Sanders. Yeah, I mean, look, Nick Strong, they're coming like Get ready for this Nick Strong team if you guys are the play. Unfortunately, they might get Shocker City round one, <clears throat> which is going to be a hard first-round matchup, of course. But Nick Strong, again, has all the pieces with the brothers and everything. Silly Senders, like I said, just got to put it together. These are two teams that I'm interested to see how their rest of their season pans out. Absolutely, Greg. And a uh, couple more teams that we're interested to see how their season pans out. We had Run TMC and Redeem Team, two of the top-ranked teams in the league um, up there in that top half. Uh, Greg. Run TMC, we set at minus six and a half point favorites. No Reggie Stewart in this game, and they would lose this game outright. Redeem team with the win. They would cover their spread as well, of course, being the underdogs. And just an impressive performance in this game, Greg. Honestly, it was a game that went back and forth, and it meant a lot right away, Greg. Um, I want to point out, um, as Greg is going to war right now with a, with a <laughs> in his room. Um, but right away, there was, uh, you know, they, they, they get the – Redeem team wins the jump ball, literally, you know, right off the start of the game, obviously. And uh, they come down the court. I think it was Eric Singleton finds Eddie Whitman on the wing. Eddie hits the three. And Eric Singleton was like, let's go, Eddie. Like, he was really pumped up. And that right away showed me, all right, Eric Singleton is coming into this game with a 
vendetta to win yep. against his old team run TMC. Yep. He doesn't want to be walking out of the gym tonight saying, this is why you should have or hear from anybody say, this is why you should have stayed with TMC. You know, he definitely um, had a lot on his plate coming into this game, you know, thinking about going up against some of his former friends, his yep. former teammates, and also having to be one of the forefront scorers for his own team that he was playing for this season, of course, being redeemed team. And he had a very strong performance alongside Mel Kwan, who has fully thrusted himself, in my opinion, into the MVP con conversation. Eddie Whitman hitting four threes for all of his points. That's what you want from Eddie to come in, bang his threes, hit some dagger shots that were key momentum shifts in that game. And, uh, you know, it was just, just an all-around impressive performance from everybody. They got destined to show up late, which really helped because they were able to rest some of their guys to have some more stamina down the stretch. Dante played great on defense like he always does. He hit a couple threes, a couple dunks. So just an overall quality performance from a Dean team in a night where they had to win this game against Run TMC, who was short, obviously, their best player in Reggie Stewart. No, yeah. That's it? Look, I think it's time for the boys to just celebrate. Sit back. There's no undefeated teams anymore in the league, right? I think this is the best time for an undefeated team to lose right before the playoffs. Everything's getting scrambled. No one knows how the seeding is going to come out. Now everyone's wondering, oh, if Scott's Tati is beating Shocker City, but then we got Run TMC losing to Redeem. There's no favorite, no clear favorite. I am so happy that Redeem team did this. Eric Singleton had an amazing game offensively and defensively. He really set the tone. Melquan Horton. Connor, tell us why Melquan Horton's MVP so I have a reason to put it in the title. Well, in my opinion, Malquan Horton's MVP, first of all, because he's one of the most premier two-way players. Now, we always get lost in choosing MVPs based on their offensive production, but what Melquan does on both ends of the court is eye-popping, in my opinion. He's like basically top five in every single major category, whether you're looking at total points, points per game, blocks, steals, um, assists, rebounds. He's literally right there, um, top ten in all of those categories, top five in most of them. And uh, it's just impressive to me that a kid who's been going from team to team, it seems like, for the past four or five seasons, is able to play with different groups of players and produce at a high level no matter who you put him around. Now, I know a lot of that has to do with the fact that Melquan is a dominant player on the court who does require the ball in his hands for a good percentage of the game. But you're putting him with other ball-dominant players like Eric Singleton as well, who's going to be taking some of his production away just because of how good of a player Eric is and how many points he's going to score and how many times he's going to get steals and blocks and all that stuff as well. But they complement each other very well on the basketball court. And uh, Eric and Melquan, I saw it was at a point at the end of this game, Greg, where Eric was actually trying to dribble the clock out. They were nursing a lead at the end of the game and being smart legacy leagues basketball players in a league where there is no shot clock dribbling it out. Eric's one of the fastest, if not the fastest player in the league. He has a very good tight ball handle, and he's also a knockdown free throw shooter who was drilling all his free throws up to that point in that game. So Eric was trying to dribble the clock out, and then he was getting swarmed, double team, triple team. And most of the time, he was finding himself out of those situations consistently. I don't know how he was doing it. He's so elusive out there with the ball in his hands. And they were just trying to trap him and force him to turn the ball over. And he was avoiding it, avoiding it, and avoiding it. And it finally got to him. He might have been got, he was getting hacked a couple of times. He dropped the ball. Um, they picked it up. They went and they scored. And Melquan Horton was like, yo, Eric, I need you to pass me the ball. And they had this tension for a moment where uh, Eric's like, yo, I'm, I want the ball. I'm the best free throw shooter. I'm, drilling, I'm draining the clock. And they both had very good points, Greg. So I want to get your take on this. Eric's basically essentially, like I said, he has every right because of how good he shoots the ball at the free throw line, how good of a ball handler he is. The, the right strategy is to drain the clock there. So him dribbling that ball out for as long as he was, even avoiding all the triple teams, you know, that was not a bad play. But Melquan's just saying, yo, I see what you're doing and you're dead on right, but just give me the ball to get that pressure off you for a moment, then I'll give you the ball right back. I think that they both had a good argument, and it's just good to see them, you know, get on the same page and get that win and not let that little blip, that little – um that irritation right there you know what i'm saying where they could have really turned that that little tiny argument into a massive argument and then collapsed and lost that game they stay on the same page cooler has prevailed i told them guys you're good you guys are you guys are both fighting for the same cause they were able to win that game greg so just your thoughts on you know those those late game conversations that uh go on between two star players you know and and not letting that you know take you down to to to, to getting a loss late in that game uh, I think, I th you know, I remember, uh, 
I remember when I, I used to play travel baseball, we were in the regionals and we, our team had this friction the whole season, but we never lost. We were always good. Mm -hmm. And then the second we addressed it, everyone blown, blew up. We had a team meeting. We lost the next two games. I think that friction's good. And I think it's the way that you handle it. That really says a lot about your team. Yep. And I think in that sense, we were just young and we just didn't really understand how to handle like every great team is going to have some friction, going to have some debating, going to have some beef. And that's just how it goes. We all have egos. We all think we're this. I mean, that's just, we're, gro we're grown men. It's going to happen. Yep. And I think the way you handle it really goes a long way. And I think seeing them go through that and then still coming out on top and in the end, being yeah. like realizing like, all right, this is what we need to do. We need to get better at this, but we still did this right. I think they're going in absolutely the right direction. I think that, that they know now what their roles are. I think they're getting more defined. I think that the team's starting to learn how to play with each other because they're starting to play with five people every week and they're starting to adjust and adapt to that. And it's very scary for the rest of the league because if you get Destin Simmons involved a little more in this lineup, mm -hmm. Watch out, because Redeem Team will build with Redeem Team. Yeah, I mean, I lost words. Redeem Team will be redeeming themselves in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah Destin's struggling to find his role. Destin is really at his best when you just give him the freedom to do whatever the fuck he wants to do on the basketball court. Um, he's like J.R. Smith in that sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's best when he's not on a leash. Just let him go. Just let him go and go out there and ball and take those contested threes and bang him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, I heard him come down, or I saw him come down the court right when he got there. And he pulled up a three in someone's face, and it was uh, it was short. I think he might have airballed it. But uh, Melquan's like, "Yo, don't force it, Dest." And Destin's like, "Yo, I got you." And I'm thinking like, it's like the worst thing you could possibly tell Destin because Destin's the type of dude who just doesn't want to be thinking about limitations. You know, he just wants to come down in rhythm and bang that three in that guy's face because he's the type of shooter that can do that when he's hot. And you can really demoralize you on the defensive end when you got your hand up there giving him a high five. And that ball is going through the nylon, not even touching the rim. Like, that's a demoralizing moment for a defender. I think Destin has a lot of those moments in games where when he's hot, he just kind of, you know, says, like, he makes the defenders think, well, what can I do with this kid? He's an absolute problem. Yeah. So getting Destin more involved, this team, that's why we're spending a lot of time talking about them right now, is definitely a team that you got to look out for in the playoffs. Um, and I think that these guys have MVP candidates and, and all-stars on this team and three-point champions and Eddie Whitman who are just going to propel them late in the season. And uh, <clears throat> on top of that, Greg, they have great two-way players as well. So yep. shout-out for a Redeem team. Dominique Langston had an unbelievable game, 23 points, and not one other player on TMC even had double digits. So just getting more supplementary action around him. Of course, yep. when Reggie Stewart shows up, these guys will be fine. I got to get more out of Will Hudson, former All-Star, multi-time All-Star. Will Hudson only had two points on one of eight shooting. We've seen Will struggle in big moments late um, in, in past seasons. We need to see him back in his all-star form because we know Will when he's at his best. He's a, he's a fourth yep. as well, um, and they need some more out of him going forward, Greg. Let's get into the next game. We had Toon Squad um, taking on Sports Look, and this was an actually very competitive game. We had Oh, wait. Uh, before we get into this game, I'm an idiot. Sorry, guys. Yes, the prop bet. Sometimes I forget to do these prop bets. We had Eddie. Joey, versus Eddie. Joey versus Eddie in the point scored section, and Eddie Whitman won 12 oh. nothing. Eddie drilled the first two threes of the game, giving his team a 6 nothing lead. And uh, I think Joey knew in that moment that it was gonna be, uh, he was going to be in some trouble because he definitely uh, didn't even get on the stat sheet. Eddie! Uh, Eddie! Sam Leventhal had a funny moment. He was like, yeah, Joey uh, Joey had only three points this game. And I was like, I don't even think Joey had three. What makes you think that? And he was like, oh, I saw Zako had three. I was like, yeah, that might have been Matt Zako because Matt Zako did uh, sub into the game and hit a three. It might be the last time we see Matt um, in his brief appearance he made this season. Shout out Matt, former three-point champion and teammate of mine um, on Stranger Danger. But Eddie Whitman beats Joey Zako in that three-point uh, – three, not even the three-point, just the points, the points had – head-to-head -head points battle between Joey and Eddie there, Greg, which I think we both drilled Eddie Whitman. We should have called the book and put the 401k on that. Hey, that's what I told uh, Pierre to do. Pierre did it for me. Put the restaurant on it, put my wife's house. <laughs> nah, I'm, joking. Uh, I'm a single man. Can't be running a club. A little bit. You know, it's just, you know, honestly, Eddie, we love you. We love, Eddie. we love you, Eddie. That's what you do, Eddie. Joey, I know you're listening. We love you too, Joey. But you called us out and you gave – and you gave us <laughs> and Joey, look, Joey's going to come next week and score probably 20 because I know he's just – Joey's mad. The whole TMC team's mad. Reggie's coming back, and they're going to come out with a vengeance. But this week, it's all about Eddie Whitman. Let my man shine. Joey has those long rides to from Rhode Island to Connecticut. So 
He definitely plugs us in before games and just uses us as board and board <laughs> material, like you said before. Um, but yeah, let's get into the game who I was just talking about. We had Toon Squad and Sports Look going head to head, and this was a battle which we knew was going to be a pretty close game. Greg got seven point spread. You know, it's a relatively small spread considering what we typically see um, in the legacy leagues. And uh, yeah, these guys fought pretty hard, Greg. It was a very close game. Toon would cover this spread despite losing by a small margin. Um, as they lost 63 to 66 to Sportsbook. Um, but nonetheless, Greg, a physical game. Yep. Big bodies on both ends, banging head to head. And uh, But it was good to see Sportsbook get back on rhythm after dropping many games in a row after their hot start. Yeah, Jaden Battle, man, uh, 41, 17, 20 for, for 26, eight rebounds, four steals. He's having a great rookie season. He's coming into his own. Uh, he's an absolute monster out there, and he continues to be a bright light for this uh tune squad team which outside him and chad mccoy who who had double digits oh. as well oh. it is not much else um, oh, my boy right. justin rudell not really doing much uh, i know he's he's just this team just needs more and sports look showed him what a veteran team this league looks like marconi's a monster acevedo and the boys look they you know what you're gonna get from them they need jeff norco there once norco's back this team will come together for the playoffs, and I think they can make a run because they have the talent, but they need the, their bodies there. They need their full team there with Zervos. All these guys, they can't have four or five guys to make a run. It's just not possible in this league. This is gross, Greg. Listen to this. I, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players show up. Seven players showed up to this game, all right, in, in their Toon Squad jerseys, mm -hmm. their basketball sneakers. They had socks under those sneakers that they were wearing on their feet. They might have had a couple armbands. These guys were basketball players. They weren't made out of clay. I promise you, they weren't. They weren't fake. They weren't robots. They weren't holograms. These guys were actual basketball players. And out of those seven basketball players, only two of them, named Jaden Battle and Chad McCoy, had more than two points scored. This might be a record. <laughs> the percentage of points by two players. How many? I'm, I'll, I'll do the math right now. Look. Not even like they had a three or four man team, which we've seen like in, in in the past plenty of times. These guys had seven guys show up to play basketball, and two of them scored more than two points in a game that they only lost by three with sixty three points scored. Like I, I can't even fathom that. I didn't. The reason why I'm this shocked because I actually didn't see the stats until right now. I saw, of course, the, the final scores in the box score, but I did not see the individual player stats for these games. And holy shit, that is a that is a problem. If I'm J if I'm Jaden and Chad, I'm starting up a group chat with those boys and saying, yo, what the hell was that? No, yeah, uh, I can tell you right now, hold on. They scored 89% of their team's points. Pretty much 90. You, you pretty much round up. Round up to 90. No, but we'll round up for this. So they scored roughly 90% of their team's points yeah. it, for two players on a, on a team of seven guys. Greg, uh, come on. Uh, look, I, <laughs> look, I can talk, but I can say this. I averaged five a game in my career. I would give you more than two. I, I did it. I know you. I, I physically did it. I, <laughs> honestly, what they're, I think they're, they got to learn this eventually. Just be aggressive in this league. Go yak shots up. The bricklayers show, show you the best way to do it. Just go shoot. That's the in this league. If the worst thing you can do in this league is turn the ball over, that is the worst thing you can do. You either have to shoot the ball, or, or just like I, I'm at a loss for words. I'm I don't know what to say. I don't even know what to say. We just shout gave out Jordan sports. Jones, we just gave our boy Jordan Jones surprise on the rise. He go out and puts up two on one of four shooting. Like, how can you be so like all these guys, how how can they be so timid with the ball in their hands? And you know, only combining to take a little bit more than ten shots combined. All those other guys, if you take out Chad and Jaden, I took but, more shots on the weekly rebound when we messed a take up <laughs> than when we uh, than them. So definitely a struggle. We said which team will the game's highest score come from? I think we both said Toon Squad as the player prop yeah, in this yeah. game. Um, we were right. we were both dead on. I think we we added like a little bonus and said, "Who do you think that player will be?" I said Chad McCoy. I picked Jaden. You picked Jaden. Jaden was the banger with forty one points in this game. But you just gotta give a quick shout out to Sportsbook, who only had four guys. So you think going up against in a four v seven, they'd be you know definitely the underdogs after mm -hmm. 
you know, we, of course we had them as the favorites beforehand, but if we had only known that those guys would only have four bodies and that Toon Swallows would be bringing seven, we probably would have made sports look underdogs. And sports look, every single player on their team stepped up and gave them at least double digits. So that's what I'm saying. You see a trend here. When you have guys step up, now you don't even need to have your highest score go off for 40 like you did have you saw Toon Swallow with Jaden Battle. You just need guys to complement those dudes, you know? Obviously, Brian Acevedo is going to be a, he's going to be a stud. You got Matt Marconi. He's going to be a stud. Dan Kokoros is typically a, a, a top two scorer on his team. He was the, the game's low scorer or the team's low scorer on Sportsbook with only 11, but still a good game. He still had uh, 11 points. He hit three three-pointers. And uh, Zervos with 16, probably one of his better games we've seen since his All-Star campaign. Marconi, the typical perennial All-Star veteran in the league, had 19 on 6 of 10. So everybody stepped up around Acevedo, who's having a great year. He's rounding up on that 1,000 points very soon and just a good game from Sportsbook. They're back on track. Jeff Norco, our guy. I know you're listening right now. Hopefully. Uh, shout out Norco. No, I know Norco's listening. He's in the he's in the pit. All right. So Norco, I got something. It's gonna be a little off topic. He's in the Joey pit. might get mad at me. Joey <laughs> might get mad at me. So uh Norco, I know you work at Sikorsky. You're probably listening right now. All right. All right. He now. might not be because he had the week off. He knows that he probably thinks we're not gonna talk about him because he had the week off. So that might be an issue. Okay. You know what, Norco? If he is listening. Regardless, my guy Jack works in he uh he, he does the blades he sands the blades you ever see him tell him what's good he works in sequinsky too but you want to know the funniest thing about jeff Norco? he's the greatest guy ever and he's about to drop 40 next week book it 40 40 love it i love it see i wouldn't i wouldn't go crazy and say jeff's gonna drop 40 i'd be like yo jeff's gonna go crazy and get like 20 points and 18 rebounds that disrespect there's not disrespect he says you can't drop 40 jeff i'm dude i said it'd be more realistic to see jeff drop a score in the 20s with a high rebound total Probably a couple blocks and steals. Hey. That's your Jeff Norco game. All right. You I, want to see the 40 plus game. Look at guys like Reggie Stewart and Jaden Battle oh. just coming down and chucking up threes on a consistent oh. basis. I think that uh Jeff Norco is gonna go off. He's gonna eat, but he's gonna do a lot of his production in other columns outside of the score. 4-0, baby, the big 4-0. I ain't disrespecting Jeff Norco. Get, I ain't trying to I ain't trying Mike to get that He's getting the Mike Alstott. That's the, the first. 40, that's the first forty that comes to my mind. I love it. Yeah, me and Greg were playing the game. You guys should all play with your friends. Um, think of any random number, and then whichever one of you guys can think of a famous athlete who wore that number first wins, and you just do that with a bunch of Ugh. random numbers. Greg, number uh, thirty-two. Give me a give me a Jack. famous player that wore thirty-two. There you go. Greg, <laughs> Greg gets the point. Go. I, I just thought of a random. That's what Flynn number. does. Flynn, don't lose. <laughs> that's a good one um all right greg last game of the night my man yep we had a bangerang with your boy the flint your boys the flint tropics taking on shots ah! this game was a pick em. um and wow it, it was looking great the whole way but uh flint tropics pulled away late in this one had a big uh, fourth yeah. quarter 68-62. They advanced to yeah. 2-0 on the day. And they and 2-0 and for Shocker all time. 0-2. Oh yeah, 2-0 against Shocker all time. And they knocked Shocker to 0-2 oh on the day, who lost earlier. Yep. I think it's worth mentioning that. What's going on, Shocker? Kintuan Miles and Terrell Vargas both were not there for that Scott's Tots game. So some I, it could have been work. It could have been they just couldn't yeah. take it. But um, nonetheless... I don't think Nick or uh, Nishan. I don't think Shocker City necessarily in their minds thought that they needed those guys for that game, right? And uh, yeah. not having them, then losing, they're like probably like, damn, now we definitely need Pooch and Terrell to show up for this next game because we definitely need them against Flint. And they did. They showed up, and they each had commendable performances. Pooch still showed up late, um, but he still had a good second half. And when he came in, had an immediate impact on this game. But the Flint Tropics like, just found a way to persevere. They had a double-digit lead at like a 14-point lead, and they saw it dwindle. They saw it literally come all the way back to a tie game. In situations like that, a lot of times you see teams break. You see a 14-point lead go to a tie game. You got Pratt chirping. You got Chris on the bench chirping. Everyone's chirping. It was a very physical game, very tense, and they found a way to get themselves right back in it. Don Migliaro, Greg, has been playing great point guard for this team, um, finding ways to set his guys up in key situations of the game. And just overall, the Flint Tropics, just such a well-rounded basketball team. We talk about it all the time, and it really came to show in a game like this. 
Uh, four guys, double-digit scoring, led by Mike Vizzuto, of course, and they win the game 68-62. to 62. No, yeah, I mean, when TJ Gianni and Dom Miliaro having the worst games out there with Mike Druen and, and your other guys are going to show up, this Flint team just shows how deep they are and how talented they are. Any At any time, any one player on their team can have a great game. Matt Sear had, is, had another completely underrated performance with 10 points, didn't miss a shot, 12 rebounds, two blocks. He's an absolute problem. He's so good on both sides of the ball. He's one of the better two-way players we have in this league. Mm-hmm. And then you got someone like Tyler Japs just coming in and doing his thing. And then even even someone like Ryan Caggiano, look, he gives you two points, probably could have made a few more shots. But still, it's what they give you, just their chemistry. They have a rotation. Right, right. They have they they just trust each other. They know no matter what the score is, we got our guy Mike Mizzuto. He's going to bring us home as long as we play our roles, do our thing. And then you got someone like Nick Japs. Or again, like I said, I cannot overstate how good Matt Sear is playing basketball right now. He is so efficient and so good defensively. And also Mike Druen. I told you three weeks ago, do not jump with this man. He is oh. He's way more athletic than people think, and he almost posterized Terrell. Almost. And if he didn't fumble the ball, I'm telling you, don't jump with him. I know, I know he might look like me, but he could jump way better better than me. Yo, trust me. If you don't think Mike Druin can jump, he may not have had a big game too, but go look at his game one dunk. Mike Bazzuto threw a lob to Mike, and even Mike Bazzuto said that he – when he threw the pass, he thought it was a bad pass. He didn't even know Mike was going to get it. Mike literally caught it down by his hip and fully win. Mind you, this is off an alley-oop. Fully windmills it over somebody's head. I, I stood up, and I was just in complete yeah. shock. I was just standing there with my hand over my mouth like the emoji. Like I did not even know what to say. Don't it jump, Padruin. I like that. Literate it. Um, the yeah, poor man. On, I think it was there was somebody on the brick layers. Brick layers, I, yeah. I think it was Mike Castro, the tree. Mike Castro is <sighs> friggin' monster. Got to be a top player. If it wasn't Castro, it was Bender or one of those guys. Somebody caught the smoke from Mike Jewin. You don't want to be in front of this kid, like you said. Don't mm-hmm. jump on Mike. Um, but yeah, you know, you alluded to guys like uh, Ryan Caggiano, and, and we talked about earlier in the pod, Tyler Jabs. These are guys that you can. When they go out there, Greg, they're going to try to give you a little bit of production, try to be yeah. a little bit of a spark plug. And if it's not working for them, they go out there, they miss a couple shots, they're going to come right off, they're going to go right to the bench, and they're going to be sitting there the whole time cheering their boys on, giving them that good positive energy, um, just reinforcing why this team is what they are. They're, they're so selfless, not selfish, they're selfless. They're willing yeah. to take personal sacrifices. You know, They probably drive a, a, a good ways to, to be it out starts here. Start at the top. To yeah. games. And they're perfectly fine with playing a low amount of minutes if they're getting wins for the Flint dubs. Yep. No, yeah. I mean, again, it starts at the top. Bizzuto does emphasizes that more than anyone. He Mike Bizzuto could easily average 25 and 15 a game if he wanted to, but he doesn't need to. He understands how good his team is and how much better they are if they play as a team. And Flint Nation, baby, that's what we do. I'll be seeing you later. Uh, I got Pierre. I got the championship parade already set. Don't know who's performing yet. You know, trying to lock a few people down. You know how I do. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see, Greg. Let's get into these power rankings, buddy. Let's start at the bottom like we typically do. We'll just uh, we'll go back and forth, talk about these teams. At number 10, we got the Bricklayers. We talked a lot about the Bricklayers, one that we typically do on a regular episode of the Weekly Rebound here. But uh, just real quick, just a team that's grinding there at the bottom. They have two really quality players in Mike and, and Bender there who are really putting up week in, week out, great stat lines. If they just had a little bit more talent around them, hey, maybe put these guys in a free agent pool next year. Get them picked up by a couple mm-hmm. of top-ranked teams. Dude, these guys would be impact players on a championship contending team if they just had talent around them. Um, so shout out to Bricklayers at 10. Who we got number nine, Greg? Number nine, we got my guys, the Silly Senders. Shout out, Brendan. Yo, step your game up, you fools. What the hell's going on? You guys are like <laughs> my aunt at a family party, drunk as hell out there. Get your, <laughs> start shooting better. <laughs> Better shots. You guys are way too talented. You guys are way too talented to be to have a performance like that. I we've seen you at your best when you guys got that win. And look, I, I believe in the Slay Senders. They can they're not as bad as they've been playing. They just need to step it up. At number eight, Greg, we got the Toon Squad, and the Toon Squad we've been seeing them give us lackluster performances the past few weeks. And even though this was a quality performance from Jaden and Chad. This is a team power ranking, and outside of those two guys, this team is not performing at a high level. Um, They're going to be dropping down to this eight spot now, and a team with so much physical talent on that team, you look at them, 
They got so many physical athletes and guys who have great speed and great size, great length. Um, it's just not coming together. So at number eight, we got the Toon Squad, um, who was knocked down a rank by this team at seven, Greg. Yeah, and at six, uh, excuse me, seven, yes. Scott Stas, baby, that's my squad. And, uh, you know, the Rafone brothers do their thing. Noah Rafone's up for Rookie of the Year. He's having an amazing season. He's really yeah. a great player. This really, honestly, all of Scott's tots are. Your guy, Colin Tracy, this whole team, they're just so fundamentally sound and they're talented. They don't, it's not like we're, we're talking about a team where, for instance, like I'm trying to think of a good example. Maybe like, um, again, like I, I think that, I can't think of a good comparison from them, but they're they're athletic enough and talented enough where they understand the game of basketball and they're starting to figure out how to play on this size hoop. And mm -hmm. because they're starting to figure it out and they're that talented and they're smart, they're very cerebral and they understand. Like Noah Rafone is they, they don't really try they take mid-range shots. They have a very old school fashioned game. They're not really dunking on you. They they can throw down, but yeah. they're really playing a smart brand of basketball. They're slowing the game down, slowing the clock down, taking free throws. And that really is why Scott's Tots is rising because they're starting to figure out how to play in this league. And honestly, it's 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 just it's very impressive. I mean, I think that Scott's Tots is one of those teams that if they can really put it together, maybe come back next season and add a few more players, they could compete for a championship. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. Um, I'll get into the next couple of teams here. Greg's has to go run his uh, grab his charger for his laptop. Um, at number six, we got Sportslook, and Sportslook is that team. Who just came off a big win they needed that win over tune squad to get them back in that win column they had one of the best starts of the entire season getting off to a scorching hot start beating teams like shocker city um and and just dominating dominating the way that they were winning their basketball games they had a great combination of size and speed they were actually getting a lot of depth in terms of um guys showing up on a weekend week out basis which you need in the legacy leagues it's only a four on four league and there's a lot of space on that basketball court to cover. And transition is a very you know popular way to get points in the legacy leagues. Teams love getting out and running, looking for those lobs, looking for those dunks, um, getting getting those layups at the rack. And for sports look, their issue has always been not having enough bodies to sustain long periods of offensive production where they're able to kind of just blow teams out and they were getting that earlier in the season we start to see that slow down a little bit um in recent weeks with sports like how they weren't able to get those big blowout um, wins because they weren't going on those long offensive stretches where they were kind of able to just dominate and really put teams away um th they're starting to show some signs of positivity here with this win over tune squad so we do have them um, sitting here at six, but um, definitely a team with way more upside than a, than a six-ranked team in the power rankings. It looks like Greg's back to give us our number five-ranked team here in <laughs> the power rankings. It's kind of bittersweet. Um, look, I declared them dead in the beginning of the show. Um, look, I, I I don't know what to say, Shocker City. I'm I'm trying. I, I'm I'm. Uh, I'll put this as eloquently as possible. Oh no, I think that. They have all the talent. I think on paper, they're the most talented team in the league, no doubt. Um, I think that they need to figure something out where they're, the talent they have, they can put it together and be a team. Because mm -hmm. I know Jason Hernandez is one of the best three-point shooters we've ever seen, one of the best ball handlers we've ever seen in this league. I know how good Trail Vargas is. He's my MVP yep. pick. Trail Vargas in any given night gives you 20 and 10, and he'll absolutely be locking your ass down the whole time. Carmine Santorelli, I don't think there's anyone in the league that can stay with him. And I can go on and on. Devon Pratt, how good he is. This whole team. But they got to figure out a way to just put it together. The reason Nick Strong or a Flint or Run TMC or Scott Tots even got that win or even Sports Look in the beginning of the year got that win or even when Redeem beat Run TMC, it wasn't that they were, they were more talented or anything. It was that they were playing as a team. Eric Singleton and... Eric Singleton and Melquan bickering, yeah, sometimes you don't like to see that, but the fact that it didn't lead to anything else, it was yeah. just that, that's what a team yep. does. you got to be focused and in the zone. And I think maybe four losses, maybe something did click because Shocker City is way too good. They have too many experienced players to be in a, this big of a lull at five and four after yep. they were – they're the last team to go undefeated and win a championship in this league. Mm -hmm. They lost one game last season to the Flint Tropics, and then they won the chip. They're back-to-back -back champions. Their pedigree's there. They might have lost the best player we've ever seen in this league, uh, like, accomplished-wise, but 
they didn't lose their skill. Mike Davis might be that good and that great, but he's still just a man. I'm just like Mike. We're all just guys. And it they are fine. And if they can just figure out a way to put all that together and become Shocker City again, they'll win it all. But it's the big what if. I got to agree, Greg. And, and uh, they're one of those teams like, yeah, they might not be their, their best right now, but I'm still – Oh, not looking forward yeah. to playing at Shocker City no. um, come playoff time. So keep your eye out on them. They could they could get something going real quick in a hurry and uh, mm -hmm. be right back to that top contender, which we know that they could be. Um, Greg, at number four, we got Redeem Team. Um, Redeem Team might be sitting there saying, why are we at four? We just had a huge, huge win um, over Run TMC, top-ranked team, but not moving up a crazy amount. And we'll get into that with the team rank ahead of them, Greg. But um, Redeem team, I think, is, is qualified here at this number four spot. Head of Shocker City, um, who they just lost to um, the week prior. So you got to be uh, happy that you're still ahead of Shocker City coming off those two losses. Sportsbook might be saying, hey, why are we below Shocker? Shocker just lost two losses. <coughs> Shocker. Sportsbook, we still need to see them get back on track after that big goal. They went on, at least Shocker was winning games over Redeem recently and stuff like that. So... That's kind of the lay of the land there, why these teams, you know, basic argument for where they are, where they are. Um, but, yeah, Redeem team at four, Greg, like we talked about with Eric and, and Melquan, you know, the two stars of that team, you know, yeah, they might have butt heads for a second there at the end of that game, but they kept it professional. It was constructive. It, cool. it was constructive. They were able to get over it and get that win. And at the end of the day, dude, you know, winning will heal everything. Winning yep. solves all problems. Um, if they're out there getting dubs together – uh, I think that they'll be fine. And I think that it was good to have this experience now um, in a crucial game in the regular seasons where they can kind of learn and, and figure this out and feel each other out, um, you know, heading into the most important part of the season, which is uh, when one loss will end your season come playoff time. So um, definitely good to see them back on track. Big win over run TMC. Set at number four, Greg. Who do we have at number three making a big jump who I never thought would be the number three ranked team in the league this season? Nick Strong, baby. Wow. And, you know, honestly, they're ahead of Redeem just because they're doing their job and there's no reason they should be put down. Um, if Redeem and them went head-to-head -head right now, I'd probably I'd, – I'd pick Redeem team. Uh, I think Eric Singleton would just be a mismatch in that game. I think Chris Lee could really only guard one of them. And then it just I, – I, we'll get into it, but I got Redeem in that. But right now, Nick Strong's doing their thing. I mean, what they can do from the Vesicchio brothers to Tabar Pierce uh, to Ryan Florentine, my guy, Francisco Lindor, um, and – obviously Chris Leak and you know they Frank Morale I can't forget about him who just had 25 it just shows this team everyone on them every player on their team gives you something they give you something rebounding wise assist wise defensively they all play hard defense the only team in this league where every player on their team plays defense that's something that's very underappreciated with this team and honestly I'm just I, I just uh, I can't wait to see this team in the playoffs because I would love to see them make a run because they have all the talent and they have all the momentum. Huge momentum on their side, the way that they've been playing in recent weeks. It's Chris Lee might be one of the best additions in Legacy League's history just in terms of his fit yeah. for this particular team. You know, we always talk about, like, when we talk about MVP, it's almost like there's two different awards for MVP. Mm -hmm. there's the best player, and then there's the player who's most valuable to his team, right? When it comes to like off-season acquisitions or mid-season acquisitions, there's always the best player that you can acquire, and then there's always that best fit for a team. I think that's Chris Lee. Yeah, he might not be as good as like if some team was able to pull in a Mike Davis, you know, uh, yeah. off the streets or something like that, and put him on their roster. Like, yeah, obviously that would be the best acquisition. The way maybe Chris can be like, yeah, the way I was able to form Shocker City, that was the best thing. But to me, there's just something beautiful in this acquisition of Chris Lee. And the way that it happened organically, like it was like a mutual friend, yeah. uh, one of their one of the friend's girlfriend has, has a boyfriend, Chris Leak, bang, bang. I don't know all the, how the lines connected, but it happened organically. It wasn't like it was like something where they went out and they begged him to play because they saw him in Legacy Leagues. Like, nah, dude, like it just happened like regularly yeah. and just fits his team perfect. He's such a chill kid. It's such a chill team. They have, He's having uh, fun. All good dudes just having fun playing hoops and they're just performing at a high level. So shout out to Nick Strong. Uh, Greg, at number two, Run TMC, first loss of the season from that one spot, which they had for a little bit. They just kept the seat warm for our boys at Flint Traffic. They took it back at number one. Um, 
So yeah, Greg, why don't you just get into this dynamic between these top two teams and uh, their outlooks going forward? And- dynamic? There ain't no dynamic. Put smack in those fools. That's what I got. <laughs> Look, I mean, let me be real. No, no. In all seriousness, Run TMC is an amazing team. What they got with Dom Langston and Reggie and the boys, Slat. You know, I love all those guys. Cody DiLonardo, Captain America. Uh, Sam Leventhal. He better get a Cody DiLonardo, Captain America graphic. I'm looking right at you. We need it. And um, you don't want it. We need it. No, no, no. We need it. Yes, and I know Cody would love that too. And uh. Look, honestly, it's going to be a hard-fought battle between Flint, TMC, Nick Strong, Redeem, and Shocker City. I think those are my five favorites. Sports looks looking outside. If they can, if I can see them show up with their team, Dark they'll course. be right there. Dark yeah. course. But, I mean, again, it's, it's such an interesting dynamic because I can see any of those teams win it, and it's going to be really interesting yeah. to see how it plans out. I don't think these power rankings – these power rankings really could be tier A and tier B. Contenders, yeah. non-contenders. And exactly. that's, re- that's really what it is. One through six for me – numbers don't matter but all i know flint nation baby yeah you know you look at it like uh shocker city we talk about it all the time greg right could beat any team in this yep. league. We know that but sports look the six ranked team beat shocker city so scott's what that tots beat shocker scott's tots beat shocker so even scott's tots on their best day could beat one of these top ranked teams maybe you know what i'm saying that we saw them be a, you know kind of like a pest to run yep. tmc too yep. you know they they, they were competing they in, in that game they play teams hard if they're at their absolute best, every single one of their players is banging each three that they take. You know, yep. if things happen, if, if all the dominoes line up, like, hey, you know, let the chips fall how they will. And uh, I think that this team has a chance. I think all these teams in these power rankings, um, outside of, uh, I, I hate to say it, but Cillian Brick would be the only teams I think don't have a realistic chance of winning it this year. <laughs> Someone's got to be that dickhead that says it. I'm just going to be that guy. But nonetheless, two we love you guys. Two quality yeah. teams. We like watching those guys hoop, and, we, and we're very grateful for their presence in the league, no, no doubt. Um, but I just think even Toon Squad is starting to fall out of that conversation. They might be in that conversation. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they're out anymore. of it too. Yeah. I think you can put the cutoff as well with Scott's tots because we just see them, you know, had a huge win this week. So, yep. like, like you said, Greg, that's going to wrap it up for the power rankings, but. At this point in the season, numbers really do not matter, Greg. Speaking of numbers, week nine, the preview starts now, buddy. Let's get into all these bets and all these numbers and all this action. Uh, as a betting man likes to say, uh, let's let's draw some hammers. Let's draw uh, some hammers. Uh, sports look versus the silly senders, Greg. The first game of the preview is a shortened week because we had double headers last week. Uh, some teams couldn't play this week, so this week only has a four games. Um, eight teams playing. And this was the first one, Sports League and Silly. We have Sports League as minus 15 and a half point favorites going up against the Silly Senders. Um, I think this is a pretty respectable spread. I think Sports League is a way more quality team, but Sports League doesn't drop huge point totals on teams. So I think that 15 and a half um, is pretty high. I, it's, tough to, it's tough to pick um, Sports League giving that many points. But they've been covering pretty consistently throughout the season. I'm going to go sports look here, but hesitantly. Uh, I'm going to go sports look as well. I told you Norco's dropping 40, baby. They're going to smack. Yep. Um, I definitely think sports look wins the game. I just think 15 and a half is a pretty big point total to cover. Um, but we're both in on the sports look bandwagon on this week, Greg. And then we're getting to the player prop for this game. This is a pretty funny one. We said it at how many guys will show up for sports look? He said it at five and a half guys. So if they get six guys, the oh. over hits. If they get five or less, the under hits. They haven't been showing up with a full team um, pretty consistently. Nope. We talked about that during the power ranking segment. Um, I'm going to go with the under here. I think they'll get five guys. I'm going to go over. I think they show up this last week. They tune it up, and uh, they'll be ready and rearing to go into the playoffs. So that's a good one. Greg is going over. I'm going under there. Bricklayers versus Run TMC in the next game. Greg, we have Run TMC minus 38 and a half point favorites. Woo! It sounded like it was a pretty good spread when we originally set it, but now looking at it, for some reason, I think that's not enough points. I think TMC is going to win by 50. Um, I think that 38 and a half spread was an error by the Vegas odds makers, and that I'm going to be hammering Run TMC uh, to cover 38 and a half here. I think Reggie shows up and drops 50. Yeah, I think Run TMC is pissed off. I think they're ready to come out. I think Joey's going to have a game. I think Cody and Slad have a game. Paul Miramina have a game. I think every single person on that team has a game. Don Langston might take a step back and just facilitate a rebound. And I expect TMC to absolutely go off against the Bricklayers. Uh, player prop in this one, Greg, Mike Slattery versus Jason Bender, head-to-head points. Um, now, 
I think I, I can safely say, I think Mike Slattery, the former All-Star, uh, and definitely in, uh, in the running for a potential All-Star bid this season as well. Um, I think he's the more quality player at this point in his Legacy League's career over Jason Bender, who's having a very good season, the rookie. Um, but Jason Bender's going to be touching the ball way more. So it's, you know, as easy as it sounds, he's picking slack because he's, you know, the more experienced player, the all-star pedigree. Um, I think Jason Bender's going to be playing more of a role for his team. So I'm going to go Jason Bender here with the head-to-head points um, just based on that alone. But Slat, obviously, one of my boys, unbelievable basketball player, could easily give me a bad beat here. No, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go Bender. Uh, I think Slat knows his role. I think Slat understands his role. And I think Slat isn't someone that's going to take bad shots. He'll work the ball around. Yep. If he's got, if he has an open look, but then he sees Reggie wide open on an oop, he'll throw that oop. He'll get his assist up. Slat is just too good of a player. I think Bender role on this team, like you said, he needs to score, 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 attack, attack, attack. Yeah. And he'll be doing that. Exactly. So we're on the same page so far throughout most of these, Greg, besides that one little over-under. Uh, Toon Squad versus Redeem team. We have Toon Squad plus 11 and a half point underdogs going up against Redeem with that nice win coming off a of run TMC. Uh, I think Redeem teams just keeps it rolling right now. I think that they'll cover this spread. Toon Squad's kind of reeling, and I don't think that they're going to get too much support from their other guys outside of Chad and Jaden to keep this game uh, relatively close. So I'm taking the Redeem to cover that 11 and a half points. Yeah, I'm, me too. Hammer that Redeem cover. I got them by like 25. I think Melquan and Eric have a good game. I think Redeem's starting to trend in the right direction. I expect them to have more players next week, just like sports look. And again, use it as a tune-up game. No pun intended. Yep. And uh, we have Eric Singleton on a player prop. He's been getting himself in a lot of player props this season. And uh, he just continues to do it because his play has been standing out in a lot of different yep. facets. His free throw percentage recently has been through the roof. He's been unbelievable from the free throw line. And Eric, who's definitely wouldn't go down as a sharpshooter, you know, uh, he, he's just found ways to be productive with his shot, you know, and, and I think that's the key to him. Like, you know, you, you might want a guy like Eddie Whitman on the free throw line uh, over a guy like Eric Singleton based on what you would think as he's a better shooter. But for some reason, Eric Singleton's experience and consistency and the thing about how many times he drives to the rack, how many times he's been to the free throw line, he may have more free throw attempts than anyone. Um, so for some reason, I, I, I'd be more confident with a guy like Eric Singleton over a sharpshooter um, type of player at the free throw line in a clutch situation based on experience and pedigree alone. Um, we set his free throw percentage over under at 80% for this game. Um, I'm going to go over. I'm going over as well. I think Eric Singleton's coming into his own. I think he's really just having a, an amazing season. He's playing so – he's locking down defensively. And he's also on the offensive side just efficient, starting to become so much more efficient. He's not taking as many threes, but when he takes the threes, it's, it's in the right moments. And he's playing a role for this redeemed team team that you know they they need him to be a leader and they need him to be a primary scorer and ball handler and he's taking the reins and he's absolutely running with it and i love to see it i think eric singleton's gonna go over so we're on the complete same page still other than that one over under on uh players to show up for sports look so far Greg. getting into this last game the last spread is sports look i'm sorry not not sports look scott's tots i'm um, taking on nick strong scott's tots is going to be plus nine and a half point underdogs taking on nick strong Nick Strong always finds ways to cover, but Scott yeah. Potts coming off a big win. This was a tough one, Greg. Nine and a half, just under 10 points. It's pretty big spread. I think Nick Strong's still going to cover. They, they just find ways to cover all season. I got an upset alert. Scott Tots, Scott's Tots wins. Wow. Outright? Outright. Wow. So you got Scott's Tots. You're picking them plus nine. You're eh, actually, look, I love you, Scott's Tots. I'm going to take I'm going to take the points. I don't got enough balls to do that. So you're taking Scots with the points? Yeah. Right. I, 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 I don't know if they're going to win outright. If you, if you pick them outright, that's fine. I, I mean, but you, I, their money line is probably like plus 600. So, you know, you can cash out big. Uh, but I just – Nick Strong's too, playing too well, and they're too talented. They're not losing this game. All right. So some wise words of wisdom from Greg Horn. Greg, the last player prop of the night, Rafones versus the Vesicchios. This is going to be a good one. We've got two two families going head-to-head here, all right? Yep. Now, we wanted to do a bunch of different things because we said, uh, let's go point scored. But then yep. when we think about it, the Vesicchios just, you know, they, they, they take such a huge scoring load for their team. That, that yep. kind of, that's kind of a stupid bet. We would hammer the Vesicchios. Then we were like, oh, let's go rebounds. But then the Vesicchios are just – both of them are way bigger guys than the Rafones. Yep. So that would kind of be stupid as well. Then we are like, oh, let's go assist. But then the Rafones are both guards and Nick Strong struggles with assists. 
So then that was on to their phones. So we're like, let's try to, uh, what can we do here? So now we're doing, we're settling on field goal percentage. This is the, it levels all the playing fields. Who's just going to be more efficient with the touches that they get? We're not asking you to go out there and drop 50 and, 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 and try to set some crazy mm-hmm. points just for the prop. Go out there and be efficient with your touches. Which basketball family, the Rafones or the Vesicchio brothers, are going to have a higher field goal percentage combined in this game, Greg? I got the Rafones, baby. Rafone, Rafone, Rafone. I love them. I love Noah Rafone. He's one of the, I have so much fun watching him play. He's so versatile. He has a nice jump shot. He's really a great player. He reminds me, I love his mid-range game. And I think that they're just going to have an efficient game. And they might not win, but I think they'll be a little more efficient than the Vesicchio brothers. Yeah. I like that pick. If I was a betting man, this is, we had some real dollars on this one. I would probably go with the Rafones too, Greg. But for the sake of the show, I'm going Vesicchios here because the, the reason why I said I would originally went with the Rafones is because the Vesicchios take so many shots that there's a good percentage of chances that they're taking a lot of deep threes that don't have a high percentage of falling. And in situations like that, the Rafones who um, are more, I feel like you said before, you use a good word, you said they're very cerebral basketball players, yeah. very smart. It seems like they've been playing high school basketball yeah. together as a team for years. Um, and I just feel like they have that that system of play that they're that they all buy into. Um, where Nick Strong just plays very loose and very free and they just come down and have fun jack three. So the smart man's pick is their phones. Yeah. I'm not a smart man. I'm going with the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, Greg. Uh, it's gonna wrap things up for another episode here on the Summer 19 Weekly Rebound Podcast from your host Connor Sauer, my co-host over here, Greg Horn. Any last words to the fans uh, and all the listeners who tuned in this week? Flint Nation, baby. Love it, baby. Flint Nation, that's how he typically wraps things up. So, guys, be sure to drop a follow on the podcast on Twitter at weekly underscore rebound. And tune into the audio version. Get this. If you listen this far, we're also on iTunes now. Shout out iTunes. So, if you get the podcast app, we should be on there. Um, look up the weekly rebound. I'm sure we'll pop up. And also, of course, like we've always been on SoundCloud as well on all those formats for all your mobile podcast needs, guys. So, just uh, tune in and stay up to date with all your Legacy Leagues action. And we will see you guys next week.